0: The end zone has a man open, touchdown, Justin Blackman.
1: What's up everybody, welcome into another edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host Colby Powell with you as always Jack Klein joining me as he does on Fridays. I want to remind everybody to hit me up on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at locked on pokes and follow our partners, Boone Pickens state on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for all the best Oklahoma state news and notes. And you can head over to BuiltBar.com. builtbar built bar right now. Everything is 50% off and a hundred percent of profits, uh, from 8 million bars sold are going toward ending hate and racism in this country. It's been a few weeks since Jack has been with us here on the podcast. Uh, uh, Jack, you had something pretty big take place in your life, so we're glad to have you back, and how have the last few weeks been?
0: Hey, it's been a great um, just spending all my time with uh, Got a, a daughter that was born uh, about a week early, and so we've been spending time together and uh, watching a lot of golf and, and having a lot of bonding time, so uh, I appreciate uh, the leave from not only <laughs> being away from my job, but also having a couple weeks away from the podcast <laughs> to... Uh, to enjoy my time
1: is she two and a half or three and a half weeks so she's three yeah three and a half weeks three and a half weeks okay and she is just the most beautiful little baby girl so uh <laughs> huge congratulations to you and your wife i very much look Thanks, forward buddy. to meeting her um she needs i mean all all good babies need a redhead in their life so i'll be that i don't know if that's yeah i will knock thing, it out but.
0: early so right, we'll, we'll knock that out early.
1: Yeah, because you don't want them to be old enough that uh, it scares them. You know what I mean? You want them to be young enough that they don't really know what
0: they're looking at. That's the key. That really is the key. Right. Um, well, I think she's going to be really confused once you know all of this COVID stuff is over. Whenever she's like, wait, other people have mouths too? Because I think all that she's seen is a lot of masks.
1: Uh, yes, yes. I hope everyone around her has had a mask on. I'm sure that they have. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it'll be weird whenever COVID's over and she's, you know, a year, a year and a half old and she's like, hold on, what, what are all these people doing? How come they're not wearing their masks? So, uh, yeah, strange, strange times that we're living in, but man, it's been a while since you've been on and you know, for not having any sports right now a ton has happened since we've last spoken. The last time that we'd spoken, Oklahoma State basketball did not have a postseason ban, had not been ripped three scholarships and put on probation. Uh, all of the basketball guys, nearly all of them, had not recommitted. Mike Gundy had not made headline news for all the wrong reasons. Chuba Hubbard had not taken his place as the face of the change in college football. Man, I, I really don't even know where to start. You, you get to choose where to start since so much much has happened since you've been gone. You want to go the Gundy Tuba route or do you want to go the uh, Oklahoma State basketball, Mike Boynton, Cade Cunningham route?
0: Let's go with the basketball route first since that is the most recent thing that happened. I think that – And the most um, fun
1: thing to talk about.
0: I'm about to say – and let's start with an uplifting and then we'll end on a downer. Um, But, you know, I was – I I would say I was pleasantly surprised. I, I didn't necessarily know what exactly Cade was going to do. I kind of felt like, obviously, with the ties that he was going to come back. But, I mean, for him to have put out that short little video and, you know, like, Let's Work and and St. Stillwater, it's like, I don't know how you don't just love that guy. But I think the one thing that has to be pointed out is Mike Boynton's done a a heck of a job. I mean, like, you're looking at this class that they're coming in, and it's like clearly he's able to relate to guys and to recruit. And and I know that me and you have been pulling for him because I think that, like we talked about on, on previous podcasts, he's, He gets it, man. He does the right things. He's always around, you know, the the school trying to get people to make sure they go to um, the games, but also just like a huge supporter of OSU. You know, you see some of those coaches where it's just like, they're like, hey, I just want to coach. Let's, you know, kind of just do their own thing outside of that. But it feels like, especially whenever we were there, that Boynton's around there. And even you see it on Instagram where you're just like, you know, he's he's on library long cooking pancakes for people. And um, so I was really happy for him. I think that what it told me And we can dive deeper into this because it's kind of a a hot topic right now. I think that OSU thinks that they're going to win this appeal. There is no way. And if the NCAA is really that rigid that they don't understand that, you know, we probably want Cade Cunningham in a March Madness-style tournament. We want the number one pick in the draft to be there so people can watch. First off, it's like I don't understand the punishment either. But the other thing is this, if I'm OSU or if I'm any other school, if this is what the initial punishment is for OSU, what is Kansas? Does Kansas just not get to play basketball anymore? Like, is that their punishment? Like- yeah,
1: well, one of two things has to happen to Kansas. Either you just have to bring the hammer down or they take it easy on Kansas, and we acknowledge that there's a double standard for Blue Bloods and for everyone else. Now, as far as Mike Boynton goes, look, Mike Boynton is the absolute man. He's, and this is what I've said about Mike Boynton. The, this entire offseason – every word that has come out of his mouth, every tweet, everything that he has said has been the exact right thing at the exact yep. right moment. And, and he has been so good with his players, with the media, on social media, after the ban, before the ban. Uh, so, so my question is, you said they think that they're going to win the appeal. What is winning the appeal in your eyes? Because obviously you've got the postseason ban, but you've also got I one, mean, one scholarship each of the next three years and the probation. So what would you uh, define as winning the appeal? Appeal.
0: i mean i i honestly look at it as winning the appeal of i mean at the bare minimum i think that they're gonna get the postseason lifted i think that any anytime that you bring in a guy like kate i just don't see how the how that makes sense you know but like i mean if we're just going to be honest with you i don't understand like how they got honestly any punishment because they didn't even benefit from it you know what i mean it's like it's like they want to use like basically just like a different blueprint where it's just the facts don't line up. I don't know if you saw Mike Boynton going at it with one of the reporters. I I did, yeah. Did you see where
1: he tweeted that he ended up having a phone call with him?
0: It was great. I was like, but I love that because that just shows where he's just like, people are not understanding of the facts because the facts don't line up with what happened in the punishment. But I'm just going off of the NCAA does not like to change their opinion on things. They hate it. You know, they like to be very, very stern. They don't really... You know, necessarily care about. I don't feel like they care about the outcomes. They don't understand, like, how you can make this decision. But I think for me, obviously, I'd like to get most of it resented. I think if they could get some scholarships back and, you know, a, a postseason ban lifted, I think that's, I think that would be, in terms of me, I think that that would be a win. I, I think it's really important that they get the postseason ban. That's got to be the number one thing because this is a huge year for not just Boynton, but a huge year because, I mean, We haven't seen this talented of a team, especially in Stillwater, since the Eddie Sutton days.
1: Yeah, I think that this has a chance to be the best Oklahoma State basketball team that we've seen since uh, probably the mid-2000s. Maybe the Byron Eaton Mario Bogans team that was really good back in, what was that, maybe 2006, 2007, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, getting the postseason ban pulled, you'd love to have the scholarships back, probation, whatever, that is what it is. Just don't screw up while you're on probation. But the scholarships and the probation I can live with, what I can't live with is the postseason ban because you and I both know this, there's only one Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham Getting these guys to commit to a place like Oklahoma State, I mean, that's like a, a once-in-a-lifetime commitment that you're getting the highest rated point guard recruit of all time, number one overall pick – to roll up to Stillwater, Oklahoma and turn down Kansas and Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky and all of these other programs that have, that are just vaulting guys into the NBA because he knows that he's probably going to be the top pick anyway. Uh, so I thought that it was awesome that he came back. We actually need to take a break. We're up against it. We'll come back. We'll talk a little more basketball. We'll talk football as well. The ESPN films that are coming out next week. Uh, we're breaking it all down for you on today's edition of Locked on Pokes. want we'll to remind everybody to head over to BuiltBar.com right now. Do it right now or you will forget get 50% off everything right now. 100% of profits from 8 million bars sold are going toward organizations that support education, end poverty, uh, fight, equal- fight for equality, and end hate and racism in this country. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Everything's 50% off right now. BuiltBar.com. All right, we're gonna take a break. Come back on the other side. Keep things rolling. Stay with us here on Locked on Pokes. Welcome back in. Rolling along here on Locked on Pokes. Find me at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes on Twitter. Find our partners, Boone Pickens State. Search Boone Pickens State, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, All right, Jack, before we get on to talking about everything that's happened with the Oklahoma State football program over the last 10 days, I'm curious now the ceiling for this Oklahoma State team, and this is, you know, assuming that the – Postseason ban gets lifted, whatever the case may be. But we've seen these videos these last few days of Cade uh, Cunningham, Matthew Alexander Moncrief, and Isaac Likely working out together. Ice has been doing a lot of shooting from beyond the arc. They released like a minute long video of Cade and Moncrief driving and kicking to him in the corner, and him raining threes. Um, so I- I'm just curious as to how. All the pieces fit whenever you see these guys working out, and Isaac Likely shooting. It, it's certainly going to look a little bit different, uh, especially I think for Isaac Likely, who's handled the ball a ton in his first couple years in Stillwater, and now I think he's going to be asked to play a little more off the ball.
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be the you know the big challenge is just to see where Ice ends up going. I'm, I know the first podcast that we had, we were talking about you know he's going to have the biggest adjustment from being you know a a primary playmaker to just, he's going to be asked to spot up, shoot a lot. It's going to be really important. You know, he's going to have to shoot at least over 30, but hopefully closer to 35% to be able to make that where they can't double Kate, even though they're going to, but you know, that's going to be basically the ceiling for this team is, I mean, if you look at, if you're another team, especially in the big 12, you're just going to double Kate and just say, we're going to have to make these other guys beat us. Okay, well, if Isaac likely wants to shoot six or seven threes, and, you know, if he makes four of them and he beats us, then so be it. Um, you know, I think that that's going to determine, you know, the outside shooting is is going to determine the ceiling for this team. Because I think that they're going to win a lot of games. I think that, you know, they'll probably, I mean, with a guy like Kate, I mean, that puts them up there to be the favorite or, or, you know, if not the favorite, one of the top two teams in the conference. And I think they're poised for a deep, you know, NCAA tournament run, which is why I think that it's going, the postseason ban is going to get lifted.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you on that. And I, I don't know, look, I don't know that this is a, a national championship caliber team. I really don't know because they are yeah, bringing not- in a lot of guys who are young. And the most talented players right. on the team are going to be 18, turning 19 <clears> years old. <throat> and it's hard to depend on those guys in a single elimination. Um, deal in March but I mean if you look at Cade if he is the transformative generational type talent that we think he is I mean we've seen guys obviously Carmelo Anthony was surrounded, surrounded. By a ton of talent uh you know we saw Dwayne Wade do some good things collegiately. we even saw a guy like John Morant at Murray State have some success in the tournament Damian Lillard uh, a while back had some success in the tournament we all know what Steph did so if you get a generational type talent on a collegiate basketball team. There's only five guys out there at a time. So if you've got far and away the best player on the floor in college basketball, I think you have a chance to win every single game you play, which is why I don't really know what the ceiling for this team is. I mean, if they if they get to the... The, the second weekend of the NCAA tournament and get hot, you just never know, but um, I, I think the excitement is definitely there, and I hope that they back it up, because with Cade, the three four-stars that they brought in with him, Donovan Williams, Rondell Walker, and Matthew Alexander Moncrief, to go along with Isaac Likely, Caleb Boone, some of the guys who are already there, uh, I think that they could be pretty special. Jack Klein joins me on Fridays here on Locked on Pokes. He's been out for a few weeks as he had a uh, his first child, a beautiful baby girl, uh, Madeline, so welcome her to the world here, uh, as she is now a part of the Locked On Pokes family. Uh, and uh, Jack, you know, pivoting to football now, I, I really don't even know where to start. So, you know, back in April, Gundy had his COVID press conference, talked about, you know, running money through the state of Oklahoma, getting the players back on the field. It's like, ah, it's not great, but it kind of blew over. So then comes the OAN shirt. And then comes the tweet from Chuba Hubbard, and then come the tweets from all of the current and former players. Then comes the video, and then comes the Yahoo story, which basically lays out the picture of a coach that has been so disconnected with his football program over the past several years that he doesn't even know the names of the majority of the players on the team. I I just, what what do you think about everything that's come out over the last Ten days uh, with Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard kind of leading the way in this new era where college football players are realizing that they have the power to create change.
0: Yeah, you know it's crazy how many different thoughts I've really had. You know, I think that um, you know, I guess the easiest way to put it is uh, on those old NCAA football games, they always have awareness levels, and uh, I think Gundy's is at a zero. Oh. <laughs> well, put. but you know, it, it it it's honestly one of those where. I mean, let's just start with, with Gundy. I think that that's the part that um, I think it's the most concerning is that it's either one of two things. First off, his awareness is not very high. It's either that he non, or he just basically didn't mean to or unintentionally wore a shirt that would be offensive, which I don't necessarily believe that, or he did it. He just didn't care about the ramifications. There's not one or the other, but either way, I don't really know which one's worse. I mean, they both lead to the same outcome, which is you're alienating your players. And let's be honest, the majority of the players that you're trying to recruit in future years are African-American players and African-American people. And there's a big movement right now. And I, I think that my first thought was not only why is this happening and why is it, you know, it's like you see all these other coaches that are smart, like a Lincoln rally where it's like, we're just not going to say anything. and If we do, all that we're going to talk about is, well, hey, we're excited for football once player safety, you know, is, you know, that's our main priority. And once we've got that figured out, we're excited for football. That's not that hard to do. Like you really think it's not that hard to say the right thing and to do that. But it's almost like is just, you know, he's just incapable of doing that at that point in time. And uh, so you think about recruiting down the line where I think that, I mean, You can't tell me that their schools that are recruiting the same players aren't going to use that against them in the coming years. Oh,
1: there's no um, doubt about it. Let's, here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold that thought because I think the recruiting in the future is a little bit longer conversation. So let's take a quick break, and then let's come back. And in this final segment, let's wrap up our thoughts on Gundy and recruiting and kind of how this looks moving forward for Oklahoma State because what it looks like today, what it looks like a month from now, a year from now, uh, is, is all speculation. But obviously, Gundy has a ways to go to earn back the trust of his players. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and wrap things up. Stay with us here on Locked on Pokes. All right, we are back, wrapping things up here on Locked on Post. Glad everyone is with us. Jack Klein back on the podcast after a few weeks off with us. So we, we were just about to go down the rabbit hole of recruiting in the future. And um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've been a little busy. You've had a couple things going on. But last week, I did something that I've never done, uh, certainly with Mike Gundy. I don't know that I've ever done it with any coach. And um, that's in my – how long have I been doing radio? Five, six years now, something like that. I've never called for a coach's job. I did it last week, finally. First time I've ever done it. It's not something that I take lightly. It's not something that I do on a whim. Uh, It's something that I put thought into because I think that once you make that statement, it's something that's really hard to take back. And the reason I made it is because moving forward in college football, we know what a big deal recruiting is. And and we've got a picture of an Oklahoma State football program in which the head coach is completely disconnected from the thoughts, the feelings, the, the names of his players. And I don't know how you kind of get that back and patch those wounds and I don't know how you convince 16 and 17 year old kids who have every option in the world as to where to play college football to come play for you with all these things that are being said so that was not a statement that I took lightly first time I've ever made it but you, you brought it up Jack recruiting in the future I mean if Mike Gundy goes and sits in a kid's living room and tells him that he's going to care about them like, like he's a son I mean those parents are going to have questions
0: yeah you know, I think that you know, whenever, especially the, the shirt came out and, and obviously Cuba ended up, you know, being the one that was, you know, really put everything into action. I, it was too bad that there were so many fans that were mad at Cuba rather than, you know, understanding why, you know, they were doing it. And, you know, I think it's probably the same people that don't like, you know, the players have a lot more power now and that they're more willing to use it than, you know, previous generations of players. But, I think the one thing I thought about whenever all of that was going down, especially whenever Chuba, who, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, he's obviously outside of Gundy, you know, the basically the focal point of your whole team this upcoming year. He's the only reason why, you know, it takes you from a, a middling team to, I mean, what everybody hoped was going to be a, a Big 12 contender this year, a top flight team uh, in the conference and then hopefully overall in the country. And I remember thinking this once I saw that, I thought there was no way that Gundy was going to be able to keep his job. I you know, not even just with your opinion on it, but I mean, I think a lot of it was just like, how do you not lose the locker room? And then, you know, I think he was just lucky that he and Cuba were close. I think if Cuba was still in, in Canada and they couldn't have done a video and sat down and talked real quick. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that was going to get resolved. I
1: I think the video saved Gundy's job. I think without the video with Chuba, I think it would have been really hard for Oklahoma state to justify keeping him around.
0: Yeah. I think the part that was, um, I think the most concerning for me is, you know, I'm hoping that obviously everything's smooth going forward, but the two things that I couldn't help, but think about even after that video, which is one, I don't think Chuba should be feeling bad about anything. Um, Two, I think that, um, you know, I I think one of the other things that obviously, you know, recruiting us off aside, side is it was the first time I really thought, okay, well, this team that should, I mean, like, let's be honest, this team should win 10 games this year. And I think it was the first time I really thought, man, if they start out and they're fine, but then they have a two-game losing streak, they could easily go six and six or seven and five and just be like so underachieving because he lost the locker room. And that's the part that bothered me, where it's like, this is a big year. This is a big year. You've got a lot of year. talent on your team. It's the You've year.
1: Got, Oklahoma State gets well, about one, maybe two times a decade where they have enough talent compiled to really knock on the door for a Big 12 championship, and this is that season.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw that. I mean, what was the the Rudolph in, in Washington? I mean, that was a couple. That was, was 2017. Like yeah, I mean, it's like that team was really good. I mean, it's like you see this with Chuba, and it's just like Chuba can just – change the game, and he's such a transcendent, especially a collegiate player, that it's more concerning whenever, you know, obviously he's leading the charge But that's more concerning to think if he really loses the locker room, you're wasting a year that you really needed to capitalize and really win because these are the years where it's like, if you can't start to beat, and this is what we're talking about with OU, if you can't beat them in, in some of the years where your talent is, Somewhat, I mean, obviously, OU's a blue blood, and I think that they've got more talent, especially, um, you know, defensively. And I like their skill position players as well. But I mean, like, they, like OSU's got a lot of talent this year. They've got a lot of talent in the program, and it's like you really want to see them capitalize on it. And we thought that they would get two shots at OU, but, I mean, I could also see it going the other way, where if he really has lost the locker room, then they just, you know, stop playing for them. But I think one of the things I wanted to mention, though, too, was I was more concerned about, I, you know, obviously I don't know all of the things that are going on. I don't think you do either, but it seemed like a lot over a shirt, which led me to believe that all these things cannot just be over a shirt or over some other small relatively in the overall scheme of things. You know, I mean, I feel like there's got to be more to it with the frustration with ear or any of the coaching staff or anything like that.
1: Yeah, the the tweets from the former players is what really caught my eye. The tweets from the former players about the the bigger culture. Because, again, and I said this on day one, okay, it's pretty obvious this isn't just about a T-shirt. The T-shirt was just the straw that broke the camel's back. There's a lot going on here. And I don't know, did you ever get around to uh, reading the Yahoo piece by Pete Thamel? I don't know if you had time or not, but it's it's worth a read for any Oklahoma State fans who haven't because it paints a, a pretty clear picture of what the culture at Oklahoma State's been like for a few years.
0: Yeah, unfortunately I have not read it. I think, you know, trying to work in uh, hour increments with a, a three-week-old baby is keeping me from reading that at this point. But it's on my to-do list. Yeah, fair enough. I will definitely try to get to it. Fair Especially, enough. you know, with all this Gundy talk, I think that honestly is one of those things where it's like, golly, it's like you're kind of just tired of seeing that name in the headlines and obviously for like the complete wrong reasons. And you're like, I just want to kind of tune this out for me. You know what I mean? Because it's just like it's, this should be the time now where there's a lot more hope. Like, okay, hey, we're going to hopefully have a football season. And then obviously all the, you know, the coronavirus cases have spiked. But anyway, like, you're kind of getting to that point where like, hey, you know, you're kind of getting that football feeling back. You're kind of getting excited for it. now it's like, not only is, you know, the players and the football program, but talking about the president of of Oklahoma State is having to answer questions about something like this that should not be an issue right now. There's, there should be a thousand other things that wor- that they're having to worry about and talk about, but they have to come out and give statements on, on things like this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just to wrap things up today, uh, next week is kind of Oakland State Week on ESPN. The Eddie Sutton film titled Eddie is to premiere Monday night on ESPN at 8 o'clock. That's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Some huge big-time names uh, are going to be in there. It it details not only the career of Eddie Sutton, but also the life of Eddie Sutton. His struggles with addiction, Uh, you know, all that stuff is going to be in this documentary. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have Finding Big Country. You've heard of Finding Bigfoot. What about Finding Big Country, which from my understanding uh, is made from the perspective of a Vancouver grizzly fan who basically went on this quest to track down uh big country bryant reeves and you know what's he up to what's he been doing you know he was a vancouver grizzly and then it's like poof the guy's gone disappeared off the face of the earth uh i remember i don't know how well you remember oklahoma state basketball from when we were kids but i remember when i was probably seven or eight years old we saw big country at an oklahoma state football game and I was, I was mesmerized. I was seven years old. I was this tiny little kid. And I'm looking up at this giant of a human being. And I asked my dad, I'm like, who is that? He's like, oh, that's Big Country. Y'all, I got to teach you about Big Country. So I learned about Big Country. So next week on ESPN is going to be awesome. We get Eddie and Big Country, Jack.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. I'm waiting for the Byron Eton one. That's going to be. <laughs> he, was with my, a, he was one of my low key just favorite Oklahoma State players. I just, I just loved watching him. He He, he did hit
1: one of the most epic shots I've ever seen ever at any level of basketball. (laughs) <laughs> yes, in the game against Kevin Durant's Texas team that Oklahoma State won in triple overtime. It, it makes it even that much uh, better that Oklahoma State beat Kevin Durant's team in triple overtime, and that shot was part of it. Uh, one of the most epic shots of all time. But, yeah, the uh, the Eddie documentary is at 8 o'clock on Monday, and then 6 o'clock on Wednesday is Finding Big Country. So either uh, put a, an alarm on your phone or set your DVR, do whatever you've got to do to watch both of those. Um, 'Cause that's gonna be pretty awesome. Oh, you I'm assuming you were an Oklahoma State basketball fan as a kid, Jack. That's an assumption, but is that is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's hard to not root for a winner. <laughs> Especially whenever yeah. they're your local team. And they were you're talking about the John Lucas years, I mean they were just you know, it, it's one of those things where I think growing up you just you enjoy watching teams and players that like they play hard. Like I, I love sports growing up and obviously I still do to this day, but like just the amount that they competed, and it was just—I I mean, you see it a lot of times now with other teams. It's like there's like a like a team that they could be talented, but they just don't compete hard enough. And that—that that is one thing that you could never say about Eddie Sutton and his teams. Is that I felt like he always was able to get through. They're always a hardworking team together, and they were just super competitive. And if they lost, it wasn't going to be—you know—most of the time. Obviously, you have games in there, but it wasn't going to be because of a lack of trying or commitment.
1: Yeah, one final storyline before we get out of here. Shout-out to Victor Hovland, who shot an opening round 7-under-63 at the Travelers Championship up in Cromwell, Connecticut. Scores were pretty low in round one, so he's actually three back of the leader with his 7-under-63, which doesn't happen very often, but he's very much in the golf tournament through one round. So uh, looking forward to that this weekend. Jack, go enjoy fatherhood, and we'll catch up again next week.
0: All right, thanks, buddy.
1: Have a good one. All right, that's Jack Klein joins us on Fridays here on Locked on Pokes. Remember to find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell at Locked on Pokes. Look for Boone Pickens State as well on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And head over to Built Bar, the absolute best protein bars on the market. Fewer calories than leading competitors. It tastes like a candy bar. It's phenomenal. 50% off everything right now at BuiltBar.com. And 100% of profits from 8 million bars are going toward organizations that support education, uh, go toward ending poverty Poverty, uh, fighting for equality and ending hate and racism in this country. So great stuff happening with Built Bar. That's builtbar.com, 50% off everything. Thanks for listening once again. Back next week with more Locked On Pope.